Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. A win is a win, even an overtime win edition of Flyers Daily. Two Flyers converge on him and take the puck away. Lawton put it into the middle. For a check, gets it back, he scores! What a pass from Claude Giroux. Jake Voracek pots it in his second of the year. He's got points in six straight games. And the Flyers jump to the one nothing lead. Kevin into the Islander blue line. Right to Ivan Provorov. Provorov gives it up. Lindblom into the middle. Gets it back. Hayes back in front. He scores! Kevin Hayes set up by Oscar Lindblom. And Hayes has his fourth goal of the year. It's 2 nothing Flyers. The Islanders the other way. Everly goes by a man. Lead it out in front. And a shot. Carter Hart gets over and makes a great save on Leo Komarov as Carter Hart keeps it tied with just over two minutes to play. Good play there by Gossespierre to steal the puck away and feed up the right wing. Here's got Lawton in. Lawton cuts into the highest slot, going to the net. Lawton gets the goaltender down. He scores! What a play by Scott Lawton, the overtime winner. They beat the Islanders 3-2. And welcome into another brand new episode of Flyers Daily as the Flyers come off last night. A 3-2 overtime win. Yes, Scott Lawton got the overtime winner. Three minutes and 16 seconds into the overtime. Gave the Flyers their third straight win. And uh, another I mean, another very important two points in the standings. Carter Hart once again. Uh, tremendous effort by the Flyers goaltender. 28 shots by the Islanders. 26 saves. And none more than that one you just heard from the third period in the highlight package there. Uh, going side to side and making a key save to keep the game tied at two at that point. Skyr. Flyers scored the first two goals of the game, both 5-on-5 in the first period when Jake Voracek and Kevin Hayes scored on really nice passing plays. Flyers had a great first period, maybe the best period they've played all season long. Then in the second period, the Islanders do what the Islanders do, and that is forecheck you, hem you in, and create opportunities. They got two second period goals, uh, but the Flyers were able to shut them down from there on out. Got some pressure in the third period, but once again, the Flyers outshot in the game handily. We keep talking about the process not matching the result. Well, the, so far, uh, the result this season has been good. The process still needs work. So much so that Elaine Vigneault made a very difficult decision before the game to healthy scratch Travis Konechny, the Flyers' leading goal scorer with five goals and eight points on the season through his first eight games, was a healthy scratch, inserted into the lineup. Sam Moran, who has not played an NHL game since October 27th of 2019, Incidentally, also against the Islanders in the game, though, he only played five minutes and 31 seconds, uh, did have a shot on goal, three hits and a block shot. Travis Konechny will be back in the game tonight, Flyers and Elaine Vigneault uh, confirming that after the win last night. And we'll hear from Elaine Vigneault coming up in just a couple of moments and his postgame availability. Also in the game, key component here and a reason why the Flyers were able to get the win, get it to overtime and uh, get the two points was they killed off four power plays. Uh, by the New York Islanders in the game. They went 4-for-4 four four on the PK, and they're now 9-for-9 nine nine on the penalty kill over their last three games. That's something they really struggle with, obviously, in that Boston series. Uh, in the last game, the 6-1 loss to Boston, they scored three power play goals on four opportunities. But now the Flyers have killed off nine straight. That's a good trait. That is something that is a good element of what is going on with this team. They need to do what they did in that first period more. And you're going to hear Elaine Vigneault talk about this in his press conference about getting pucks behind the D. He talks about it with the Islanders in respect to them and why they were able to get on top of the Flyers in that second period and third period by getting pucks behind their D. And conversely, 
Uh, the Flyers did that in the first period. They were creative offensively. They were driving play, obtaining the zone, and moving in with a purpose and flowing beautifully. But then in that second and third period, far too many pucks did not get deep. And what, is, what does that do? Well, what it does is it allows the Islanders to transition from defense and clogging up the neutral zone or the entry into their D zone and transition back to offense very quickly. We've talked about this, about forcing them that if they are going to come out of their zone to have to go 200 feet so you can set up your neutral zone uh, four check and you can kind of string them out at the line. When they're doing it in transition, uh, coming out from just inside their blue line, it strains the flyers, it strains the defense far more. And you're going to hear Lane Vigneault talk about that. They got to get pucks behind their D. And they didn't do a good enough job of that in the second and third period. Then they get to overtime and they just turn it on. Now, three on three is a different ball game. Um, and you got to give major kudos to one player in particular in the overtime. Shane Gossesberry recorded his 200th point, by the way, with an assist on the Scott Lawton overtime goal. But he made a tremendous play along the wall to kind of pinch that play off, obtain the puck, because three on three is all about possession to get the puck, to be able to pinch a guy off and then reobtain the puck and possess it is huge. He does that. He gets the puck. He settles. He sees Scott Lawton going up the right side, who crisscrosses with Claude Giroux. He's got the opportunity there to either drop the puck to Giroux or carry it wide. He opts to carry it wide as Giroux then is going to the back door. And Scott Lawton, tremendous patience in overtime uh, to eventually string Semyon Varlamov out. He's got two options there. He can go back door to Giroux, who's streaking towards the far post, or he can open up Varlamov and put it by him, which is what he did. And he picks up his first goal of the year, and it's an overtime winner. It's his first regular season overtime winner as well, but he did score an OT winner against the Isles in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup playoffs last year uh, in the Edmonton in the Toronto bubble. So not the first time Scott Lawton scored an OT winner and not the first time against the Islanders, but they'll take it. They get the two points and they'll be back at it tonight. Now, short turnaround here, basically from when the game ended to the puck drop uh, of the game tonight, it's going to be about 21 hours. And we're going to see uh, Brian Elliott in the game tonight. Uh, Carter Hart was really good the last two games that he played and really kind of got straightened out from that 6-1 loss against the Boston Bruins where he lost it on the net. He's been really good. Brian Elliott's been good all year, so you expect that once again tonight. It'll be Flyers-Islanders again tonight at the Wells Fargo Center at 7 o'clock. But let's get to the coach because he made uh, the decision uh, to to healthy scratch Travis Konechny. Let's see if it paid off in his mind and where the team goes from here. Here's Elaine Vigneault after the Flyers win in overtime. I know you take the two points. You don't like to critique a win, but how do you kind of talk about the effort tonight from the guys? It seemed like the first period was everything you wanted. The second two periods, the second and third, really wasn't what you were looking for, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you took uh, my lines there. So uh, at the end of the day, like you just mentioned, I thought our first period was real good. Second period, we lost momentum, and we really had a tough time getting any momentum back, and we lost momentum. Uh, our shifts were long. They were out changing us, so they had a better pace. And they were getting all their pucks behind our D and, and running our D hard. So uh, when you play that way, you got to give the opposition credit. Uh, they played a uh, real strong second and third period. That's, you know, the team that went to the final four last year. So they're a real good team. And uh, they, uh, because of the, the fact that they were out changing us and, uh, and forced us into a couple bad penalties, and uh, were able to uh, get pucks behind our D. They made it extremely hard for us last two, the second and third period. Uh, but we were able to hang in there, and uh, we found a way to get it done in overtime. 
Rob Parent, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Rob. Hi, Elaine. Um, how much does their physical advantage play into a game like this? And did you guys just have to sort of recapture your counter to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's as much their their physical advantage as the fact that, uh, you know, their forward's ability to get pucks behind our D. Uh, I don't know if our gap, but I'll have, obviously I'll watch the game and uh, get a, a better sense of it. Maybe our gap was a little bit loose. But I know that we had uh, many opportunities, like we had in the first, which we executed, which we got pucks behind their D, which, in in my mind, we played a strong period. In the second and third period, far too many uh, pucks that didn't make their D's turn. They could quick up. Their transition was good, and we were on our heels. Charlie O'Connor, you're on with Elaine. Go ahead. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Elaine. Um when you sit a guy like, like Travis Konechny, I assume you're looking for a response, you know, from your team in terms of, you know, how they can step up and, and make the changes that you're looking for. I guess in terms of that response, how do you think the team graded out on the whole? Well, what I'm looking for from our group is to play the right way, the way that's going to permit you uh, to, to win. And uh, yes, we are winning right now. Yes, we did, in my estimation, play the right way. Uh, but for whatever reason, in the second and third period, getting those pucks behind their Ds, keeping our shifts short so that we can have a fast pace, they were the better team. Give them credit. Their execution in the, in those two areas, plus the fact that they forced us into penalties, was better, and, and they were the better team on the ice. Uh, but we were able to, I guess at the end of the day, bend, not break, uh, and uh, found a way to win. So that's a positive sign. Uh, we'll get right back at it against them tomorrow, and uh, we'll uh, look at finding ways to, to play better. Ed Barkowitz, you're on with Elaine. Go ahead. Hey, Ed. Hello, Elaine. Um, Elaine, uh, speaking of tomorrow, are you inclined to stick with Carter or go to Moose? And what was Moose. your – God, I'm sorry. Uh, Moose is playing tomorrow. Okay, thank you. And uh, what was your evaluation of the way Phil played tonight? You know, I thought for a, a, a player that, uh, you know, hadn't really had a, a full practice uh, with the team, uh, I thought he played a good game. Uh, you know, obviously his size and his reach helps us back there against a team that comes at, at you as hard as they did in the, in the second and the third. It's not an easy position to be put into. Uh, but he knocked on my door this morning and said he was ready to go. So trust a player that... Uh, yeah, he's uh, making the right call, and uh, he's going out there to help you win a game. We'll take two more questions. Wayne Fish, you're on with Elaine. Go ahead. Hi, Elaine. Uh, Ghost looks skating the way he did before the knee surgeries. He, he seems like his confidence is higher. Do you see that? Uh, there's no doubt that uh, the, the, the Shane that I'm seeing on the ice uh, right now is, is one that uh, seems to have more confidence, is making more plays. Uh, his gap is is tighter, so uh, I I can only think that it's going to get better. You know, there's a, a man that was out with COVID for quite some time, uh, 10, 10 to 14 days, and came back, had a practice, couple skates on his own, and uh, he's played three games, and he's played good for us. Last question, Jeff Skversky, you're on with Elaine. Go ahead. Hey, hey Jeff. Hey, Elaine, how are you? Um, do you expect, T uh, what first thing, do you expect TK to be back tomorrow? Yes. Okay, and then, you know, obviously, you know, with him, you know, he's been scoring a lot of goals. You said pregame you weren't happy with some of the five-on-five. Five. 
when you do this, obviously you hope to get it to spark with that player as well as a team. You know, how do you feel like the team responded not only tonight, but how this will help you guys going forward that, you know, anyone in your lineup, if they're not playing up to, you know, your expectations can sit? Well, I mean, uh, you know, like I said uh, a bit prior, I, I liked our first period. I think you got to give the Islanders credit for the second and third. They played extremely well. And uh, because of their uh, forcing us uh, to play at 200 foot and go back for pucks, they had they had uh, more of the zone time and, and more of the, the pressure time. As far as TK, I mean, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a mother or father, you know, sometimes making tough decisions with their children. It's not that they don't love their children. They're trying to get them to do the right things. And uh, that's what I'm doing with TK. I mean, I want him to play the right way. I really believe that uh, uh, he's a good, real good player. I think he's in our top three forwards. Uh, but like I mentioned before, he's not the only one right now that needs to play better five on five. Uh, so um, tonight he sat out and I expect him when he comes back to to play real strong for us and to play the right way. One thing that was really interesting that Elaine Vigneault said there was he, he didn't necessarily tear into his team in that press conference about their process or that things that they did wrong. He did credit the Islanders, and rightfully so. Um, after the first period of that game, you knew the Islanders were going to have pushback. They're a professional team. They are. Uh, there's a lot of pride in that locker room, and they did push back, and they recaptured or they captured the momentum. The Flyers' job at that point is to try and blunt that momentum and then recapture it themselves. They didn't do that really a couple periods in the third period, a couple portions of time they did, uh, but they didn't do that again until overtime. They were the only team that got any shots in overtime. Uh, but the Islanders are a good team, and, and they're structured under Barry Trotz, and he was going to motivate that group, and they had a lot of pushback. They've now lost four straight games. Flyers have now won three straight games and will have opportunity tonight to win their fourth straight. So uh, another opportunity for a couple of points as the entire division was in action yesterday, the entire East Division. So four games, eight teams in action, and every game that took place in the East Division last night was a three-point affair. Every game went into overtime or a shootout. All right, let me give you the results first. The Sabres beat the Devils 4-3 to in the shootout. Uh, the Penguins end up beating... Uh, the New York Rangers in overtime. Sidney Crosby got the game winner there. It was a 5-4 win. Uh, the Rangers dropped the record to 2-4-2. Penguins up it to 5-3-1. And, and the Capitals ended up beating the Bruins in overtime 4-3. Uh, uh, Alexander Ovechkin back for the Caps. He had a goal and assist in the game. And the Bruins uh, get a point out of it. They're now 5-1-2 on the season. Caps are leading the division at 6-0-3. So what does that mean for the standings? Let's give you the full Monty on the East Division right now. We're getting close to that 10-game mark. And the Washington Capitals, like I said, are leading the division. They've got 15 points through nine games. Flyers through nine games, 13 points. 6-2-1 is their record. They're a point now up on the Boston Bruins, who got the one point uh, with the overtime loss against the Washington Capitals, but they're 5-1-2 and two on the season, 12 points. The Penguins through nine games, 5-3-1 and one with 11 points. Sabres, 10 points. The New Jersey Devils with eight points at 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. The Islanders, the opponent tonight, uh, a record of 3-4-1 and one with seven points in the seventh spot in the division. And uh, in the basement right now is the New York Rangers off to a tough start through eight games, 2-4-2. Two, two. They've got six points. 
So things can change here really quickly because every game, in essence, is a four-point game, especially if you win it in regulation. You get two. The other team failed to get any. Therefore, it's like a net negative of two. So four-point gap. Uh, These things can change very quickly in the way uh, the league is aligned this year. Uh, So every game, really important. Tough to beat a team on back-to-back days. That's the way the NHL is. It's a one-goal league. Uh, Flyers will look to do that tonight. They beat the Devils twice in a week, and they beat the Penguins twice in a week. So it can be done. Uh, They'll have that opportunity to get it done coming up tonight. In the meantime, with inclement weather coming, everybody stay safe, drive safe. If you're out there, stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on tomorrow's brand new edition of Flyers Daily with another Isles recap. And we'll start to look ahead to the next series coming to town. That would be the Washington Capitals. Have a great day, everybody.